Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Mm. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back to the Birdies and Bourbon Show, everybody. We are super excited. Tom, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we understand you've been uh, you, you've become a road warrior since COVID, and uh, glad to hear that uh, you see the light at the end of tunnel end of the tunnel. And you'll be making it back down to Naples. Just real quick before we get into this thing. So uh, for those of you that don't know Tom, he's one of uh, so he's a top one hundred teacher in America. Uh, I, I mean, we could probably spend two hours going through. Uh, <laughs> let's, not, let's not do that. Not do that. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of stuff. It's uh, you know, th- there's there's numbers and it's a hundred or less, and there's teachers of the year all over the place. Uh, NCAA recognitions here, champions. Excuse me. Uh, we've got uh, first team All Americans, etc. We'll get a little bit more into his first book, The Six spoke approach to better golf learning and a second one on the way uh but uh we got a lot of talk about so uh, let's dig in man how you doing well first of all that that, that ncaa championship that was in the previous century so that doesn't count anymore that, that was in the last <laughs> century so we can we can bypass that i'm doing fine uh thanks for having me on guys i i, I love your format um i'm not sure i can keep up with the bar behind you <laughs> Cal, but, but uh but um it looks pretty cool. Uh, where is this your home? I'm looking at. Uh, it, it is my home. I'll say it's my home office, but I've kind of so I'm I'm in downtown Atlanta, and I'm actually I live at an old candy factory, so it's like from 1910. So basically, what that means is it leaks a lot, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so it it leaks a lot. So so I drink a lot to put up with the leaks, essentially. <laughs> but uh, it's expensive as hell to heat. It's expensive as hell to cool. And uh, I'm like, well, I don't have any money left. What I've got left, I'll just spend it on bourbon. So here we go. Now, Dan, is he confusing that stuff behind him for candy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's what's bourbon. Yeah. It's the sweet stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. So, guys, I, you know, Cal, I have, I have something in common with you in terms of alcohol. I, we have a second home, Denise and I, in Key West, Florida. And, and that, that drinking thing is part of Key West. So I understand that thing. And I can help you with that, Cal. So if, and, if you want to get... If you want to get if you want to get some help, I can help you with that That's off the air. Perfect. Well, I, you know, I was taking a look at some of your uh, some of the things. I, you know, specifically, I was watching. Uh, I can't say it was recently, but I was watching some of your short game stuff and and chipping. Uh, I I could easily be convinced to make it down to a drinking competition <laughs> and, and and a little uh, a little short game uh, practice in, in the way. So, well, you, you'll definitely win the drinking competition. You will not win the short game. <laughs> That's basically what I took from the article. So, yeah. Hey, 50-50 isn't bad, man. Uh, hey, that's not bad. In the major leagues, you'd, be, you'd make $25 million a year, man. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so let's uh, before we get into something, before we get into this too deep, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you and uh, how they should find you and what they should know about you? Well, I, I got a great announcement to make. I just got a phone call last night around 10 o'clock. Um, I've been uh, just been named a director of instruction at a place called Crown Colony in Fort Myers, so I've been making a move. I've been I've been at a place called Esplanade for the last five years in Naples, uh, and um, without insulting anybody, I'm kind of taking a step up. It's a better facility and uh, good for you. Uh, a pretty exciting membership, and 
a great practice area. So I'm really excited. So I'll start there on November one at the Crown Colony in Fort Myers is the direct instruction. That's awesome. Uh, I've been I've been some great places. I've been really lucky, Cal. I, I, I was the director of instruction at Westchester Country Club in New York for eleven years, uh, which is a perennial was a perennial PGA Tour site in those days. I went to a place called Friars Head on Long Island, which if you know anything about Friars Head, it's top twenty in the world. I was there for nine years. Uh, moved the family to Naples, Florida, about twenty years ago, and that's been home. And I spend most of my summers on the road like this one, although that's getting old for sixty one. So we're gonna have to find something more stable for the for the for the future. But uh, I've spent my life on the road. So the last 40 years, I've, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of miles I've driven, but uh, I've touched all the bases. Um, They can find me in Naples during the winter. Uh, TomPatry.com is the website. It's pretty simple. Then, you know, all the the usual suspects, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places. We're visible, all those places. And we have a newsletter that's quarterly that if you go to my website, you can sign up for. And then all the information of where I'm going to be and what I'm doing is always there quarterly as well. Yeah, and just for uh, the folks listening, so one of the awesome things about Tom and, and his structure, so he's, he has a great Instagram site, and uh, he, he is often posting videos of himself, and you get kind of some clippets, but then it segue ins over to the, the more uh, full-blown video, if you will. So so great information there, great tips on your short game. Uh, well, not only that, I mean, it's putting. I mean, you, you're well-rounded, obviously, and I mean, it's uh, you're, you're hitting on all bases, so... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if my wife would agree with that, but you know, <laughs> but, 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 I, but I appreciate that. No, yeah, I, I was talking professionally, not personally, oh, oh, sir. Okay. Right, thank you. <laughs> Just to clarify, uh, so you're uh, so you're making a road. You're, you've been on uh, on a road trip, uh, following around your players, right? Uh, and you're in. Would you say Pennsylvania, no. or you're heading? No, I'm in, I'm in Atlantic City, New Jersey now. I, I do I do three things basically during the summer. I do private instruction on a you know as-needed basis where people can invite me to their site. I have a site in Carmel, Indiana called Prayer Review where I teach about a week and a half a month every every month. Uh, great public facility, really good teaching center there. I'm, I'm a part of the Dormy Network, if you guys know what that is. Uh, yep, sure. I'm, I'm a Dormy ambassador, so I'm based about a week a month at the Hidden Creek in Atlantic City, New Jersey, where I teach there. And most of my Northeast people come to me there. Because I'm in Naples, Naples, I don't know if you guys know this, is a big Midwest town. So the Indiana site at Prairie Review works really well. So I kind of I kind of hit my Northeast people at Hidden Creek and my, my Woodvest people at Prairie Review. So, uh, and then some private instruction in between them, private schools, and some corporate outings in between. So other than that, I really got nothing to do. And I drink. So that's all I do. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Cal's taking back. He's taking back. He's laughing too much. I, I, did I cut Cal up? I mean, I, is that the first time ever, Dan? It is. So, He's <laughs> taking back. I'll tell you, Tommy. It's true. Hey, I, I mean, after my heart, man. Uh, you, yeah. I mean, no, nothing to do and you, and you drink. I mean, what more What more could you ask for? <laughs> I, I, you, know, you know what we should do? I, I don't even know you guys yet, but the perfect place to do one of these shows is to get you guys live in Key West. There, there is the best, worst golf course in the world in Key West, Florida, and Key West is a drinking town, so we should do a live thing. From I love I love Key West. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah, me? So, 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 so if we can go during uh, during lobster season, there you uh, go. Now, we, now, we, now, now, you're speaking my language. Now, well, I'm <laughs> We, we, we can lobster, we can, uh, we can hack, well, I'll hack around, Dan can drive us around and hand us drinks, and uh, then, yeah, we'll just drink the rest of the day. I mean, that's like a two-day event. How, how did Dan get shut out on the playing side? How did well, that you'll find uh, out. 
Everybody gets that. Absolutely. No, no, no. Dan's playing for sure. But uh, but you're absolutely right. Uh, a live event in Key West. Are you kidding me? That's uh, that, yeah. that's uh, yeah. What well, you're going to be busy though, man. I mean, you got to go head into the new course in November. I mean, that's prime time for you. Yeah, yeah I do. So what I what I do is uh, for just for my sanity, I'll get back to Naples on uh, September 23rd. And my wife's at the Key West house now, so I'll unpack everything and, and I'll get organized in Naples. Then I'll run to Key West for about uh, 10 days and take 10 days down there and just decompress a little bit. And then I usually go to Key West Thanksgiving week and Christmas week. And then I go back down there in, um, in May before I make the transition north because that's tarpon season. And my wife is about a... She's about a plus three with a fly rod, and I'm about a 15 <laughs> handicap. So I, 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 really? I, I fly fish like you, golf cow. Wow. And she, and she, and she fly fishes like, uh, like John Rom. <laughs> so it's pretty, it's pretty embarrassing actually. I get, I get smoked on the fly fishing side. That, smoked. So, wow. Yeah, that, that's pretty but, awesome. But yeah, but it's fun. It's yeah, fun. I was down. Uh, I didn't make it in 2020, obviously, but uh, I was down in 2019. We made a trip down and did some fly fishing. So, uh, and, and caught, yeah, and caught, uh, I don't know, we caught a handful of tarpon. I mean, nothing to nothing to write home about, but uh, I don't know. We probably pulled in two or three, you know, oh, decent nice. size. So. Yeah. She's a... She's a stud. She's the real deal, man. She it's uh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. awesome. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Key West, I've already marked it on the calendar. You probably got to hear your phone digging. That's a calendar invite. <laughs> um, so what's uh, so so? Let's see. I don't know. You, I mean, you've been playing a lot of golf, man, or you've been teaching a lot of golf. Excuse me. I don't know if you do. You get a chance to play much when you're on the road, or is it? You know, I I do. I I played more golf probably in the last. Um, Let's be accurate here. The last 18 months probably than I have in the last three or four years because uh, with COVID, one of the things people want to do, they want to get on the golf course. Oh, yeah. they want, they want, they've taken more playing lessons. Um, and the other thing that's been really surprising because I didn't realize this before last year, the site in Indiana, um, Indianapolis is on the far western side of the eastern time zone. So it doesn't get dark till 930 mm -hmm. at night during the summer. Mm -hmm. So I get done teaching at six and I got three and a half hours. I don't know a soul in town. So it's been actually golf. great. Yeah, it's been great for me. It's been really great. I've, I've really got to get on the golf course a lot more in the evenings and play some golf and, and practice a little bit again and, and, and put the game uh, back together a little bit. And it's, and it's, it's showing. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah. So you, you join him, Phil, uh, join him, Phil on tour anytime soon. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't think we should talk about Phil because that'd be a bad topic for me. I, I'm not a big Phil fan, so um, we, sh we, sh we shouldn't probably go there. But uh, no, I, I don't. I don't, don't want to join Phil, and, I, and 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 no, I don't play as well as Phil. Phil's one of the greatest of all time, obviously. But, sure, uh, certainly. But it, it's it's gotten. I've had it. I've had it. Uh, I've had it under par more times in the last two or three weeks than I've had in a lot of years. So it's been fun. It's been oh, fun nice. Yeah, yeah. Been good. Awesome. Uh, so the, the new course you're, uh, you're heading to down in Florida, you're, you're familiar with it, I'm assuming like very no, familiar. I'm, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not actually, it's kind of a strange thing. Um, uh, the fellow who just became the GM there last year is a PGA member who's a buddy of mine and it's a, it's, it's by reputation, a really nice place. And that actually did my homework. I was all the guys in the area that I know that have been there, PGA members. I said, guys, you know, what kind of place is this? And they've all given me the thumbs up on it. Um, and the kid who became the GM is a good friend of mine, and he's a good player as well. And he, he, you know, he's, you know, obviously he's prejudiced because he's the GM there, but he's bragging on yeah. it too. And I've gone online and checked out. It's a very nice place, so I'm not familiar with it hands on. 
but by all by all accounts, it's really really strong. So I'm excited about that, and that'll be a probably be like a, a November one launch for me. Um, so I'll get back before I run to Key West. When I get back, I'm going to run up there for a couple of days and and do a site tour and everything. Um, so uh, I'm excited about that. Really excited about that. Yeah, well, it's in Naples. I mean, it's hard to find anything that you wouldn't like in, I mean, no, it's, it's in it's, Naples, it's, you know, so. There's a lot of good spots there in that area, so it's, it should be pretty good. Uh, so were you, were you in New York at all in your uh, trip up north? Yeah, I was in New York actually last week. I, I did, uh, I've done, um, I did five short game schools in a row in what is, are you guys familiar with Montauk Point? Mm, yeah. So fairly. that's the far, the far east end of Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, there's a club just short of Montauk Point in a place called Amagansett, and a, a really nice little club. I did five short game schools there in July. Uh, I was in New York this past week with one of my junior students, uh, who I like to brag about, Jack. I call him Jack the Whack. You guys might have seen him on my Instagram. Uh, yeah, we, we saw him a lot. Yeah. So Jack, I started with Jack when he was seven. He's 15 now, and he just won his seventh tournament um, in fourth out of the last six. Wow, congratulations. Um, yeah, really cool. He's a great kid, 15 years old. He broke par for the first time last week in an event. Um, he's coming along nicely. So I just spent four days out there with him this past week working with him. Um, so I've, I've been back to Long Island a couple of times. That was home. That's where I grew up on the East End. So it, it was uh, it was nice to get back out there a little bit. Um, there's so many great spots out there. You know, Shinnecock National, Maidstone, Beth Page Black. I mean, you can go on and on. So those are all places I kind of grew up around. So it's always fun to go back out there and then one of my real dear friends from college I played against is, is the head pro at Shinnecock, so I spent some time with him. Um, so I always look forward to going back out there. And, Cal, really good lobster. Really good. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, rub, so, it in, rub it in. That's okay. We don't, we, don't miss, we don't miss the lobster on East End of Long Island. We always make sure I get our share, so it was pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice, nice. Nice. So what, uh, what do you think about Wingfoot coming up? So that's a place I spent a lot of time at, actually. You know, when I was at Westchester for 11 years, Westchester, Wingfoot's only about uh, seven miles away. Um, and a lot of my Westchester members are also members of Wingfoot. Actually, the people I just stayed with last week in Greenwich, Connecticut, and another stop along the way, <laughs> are Westchester Wingfoot people um, and dear friends of mine. I was just with them. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's just, pardon me, it's hard as dog shit. It's just the <laughs> hardest place in the whole world. I mean, you know, I think when you when you die, if you go to hell... You're on a three-course ro- <laughs> you're, you're on a three-course rotation. The Carnoustie, Wingfoot, and Oakmont every day for the rest of your life in the tips with, mm. with un- under open conditions, and that's what you have to do for the rest of your life. It's just yeah. <laughs> um, Wingfoot is. I've got a, a lot of respect for Wingfoot. Mike Gilmore, who's the, who's the pro there, is, a, is an old friend, an old junior golf friend of mine. Um, you know, it's a long penal golf course. It's not an unfair golf course. It's right in front of you. There's no tricks. It's it's not like they're hiding anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just says to you. Come on, bring it, and, and you're going to get your you're going to get your ass kicked no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, by all accounts, I didn't get over there physically last week, but I spoke to a couple guys on the phone and guys in the area that have been there recently. It's you know it's about it's about this deep right now. Wow. They're not really planning on cutting it a whole lot between now and the event. Um, why, why would they? I mean, somebody just shot a thirty under. Okay, why yeah, would they? No. <laughs> and, and, and and the really the great thing about the, the great and the bad thing about Wingfoot is that I love. Is, is the is the putting surfaces are really really undulated and fast and the bunkers are deep and it's well bunkered in terms of positioning uh you know it's one of tilly's best golf courses um 
There's not a weak hole. There's not a weak hole in the property. The short holes are really, really good. I mean, the short holes are really penal, and and you feel like you can overpower them, and you can't. Um, it's not a place you want to make any silly mistakes. You want to be pretty conservative in your play and, and just try to survive and not get your ass handed to you. It's 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 a hard yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Sounds so, like my normal uh, Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be, Cal. It could be, you know, especially with a little bourbon. It could be, on, 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 the, on the Muni on the Muni course. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's it's a great driving golf course. It's a great second shot golf course, and the stuff around the greens is is phenomenal. So it, it'll be. I'd be surprised if it's not right around par. Um, par would be a hell of a score, mm. uh, and it wouldn't shock me if it stays firm and it doesn't rain. It wouldn't shock me at all if it's over par. Hmm. It, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a shock. Really? Yeah. Uh, so this may be putting you on the spot, but uh, we'll give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to mention any. I won't mention any names again. That's a lie. I probably will. But are you, are you riding current form? Because Dan and I are both pretty bullish on DJ actually showing up again this weekend. We weren't so much on – I wasn't so much on last week, but after what he did after shooting 30 under – and then he came back last week and he, you know, he, obviously he didn't win the tournament, but to put himself back in the position that he was in to be in a playoff and now to go and do that three weeks in a row, I mean, shit, I don't know what's going to stop him, number one. Uh, well, he'll stop himself. That's the only thing that's going to stop him. But, I mean, is that something that's going to be able to carry through just with all they've been playing and, you know, that the, the schedule, they're going to have a week off. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. What do you, what you, you think, is DJ the horse to ride through the end of the year, or through, through, the, through the next two majors? Well, well, let's talk about the Tour Championship first of Atlanta in your town. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think it's really, really hard mentally three weeks in a row. I, I played for a living from 1981 to 88, mostly overseas. And, and these guys are playing a lot of golf in a short period of time. Uh, on a lot of hard golf courses where... You know, people don't really understand that at the end of the week, they are mentally exhausted. Not, listen, they're all physically in great shape, these guys. They all keep themselves in good shape. It's not so much a physical thing, although it, it does wear on you after a while to travel and, and to play. But mentally, to stay that focused that many weeks in a row and just grind that hard four days in a row is really hard. So conventional wisdom would say there's probably a letdown coming. But I, I think they'll ride the adrenaline maybe one more week. Um I think if you play guys like that, like Rom or like DJ or any of the guys who are really on a little bit of a streak right now, uh, they can carry it through Atlanta. And I know, I know they have a little bit of a break going to the Open, but it, it's it's tough to back that up week after week after week. So, you know, I would almost look, I would almost look back, and I haven't done this yet at, at the last three weeks, and look for somebody in the middle of the field that's been kind of moving steadily up a little bit and kind of trending upward. Um, yeah. That that's maybe a little bit more fresh. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been really in the meat grinder real hard the last two weeks. And I'm not listen. I'm not discounting Cal. You're with. I'm with you. I'm not discounting DJ at all this week or Rom. Uh, you can't do that. They're too good. But it wouldn't surprise me if there's somebody else that's just been trending. That's a little bit further back right now. That hasn't been haven't been hasn't been there face punched in uh, yeah really they could just hit the gas and just uh, jump ahead right, right? Yeah. Right. Jump ahead, yeah yeah it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, well, but maybe I'll reference your book a little bit, and uh, I'll be honest, I, I didn't receive my signed copy yet. It's cause, <laughs> that's because I didn't buy my signed copy to send to you to get it signed, but I'll, I'll work on that. But, uh, Dan, but I, Dan, Dan got his. I don't know right, if you were right. right. Exactly. There you go. Uh, yeah, Dan gets a lot of stuff that I never get, so uh, I, don't, I don't know what's happened there. But, but so your book, The Six Spoke Approach, 
um, it, you know, and it's uh, to, to better golf and learning. And, and Dan and I were talking, just kind of prep a little before the show, and, and we didn't we weren't really hammer it on DJ or not any one particular player, but, you know, Dan and I are Spieth fans. And yeah. and that guy, he's he's got a lot of talent, and and oh. we'll we'll drill it back and get back to the amateur golfer, you know, the Dan's and myself, and probably our normal listener. But you talk about in the six spoke approach, it's you know you're tying in the mental with the physical and all those things, and it's you know I mean some of us just aren't that talented, and no matter how much we practice, I you know I, I'll get I can get better. I may not be able to be the best. But and physically, I can get better. But, you know, mentally, can I get myself into a position to where no matter what I do physically or talent level that I just can't do it? I think that uh, so I'm a, I'm a really strong believer. Uh, Callan, if, I, if I didn't believe what I'm about to say to you, I would probably stop teaching the game. I, I think that anybody I've never felt that anybody that came to my team. And let me back up a little bit. That can walk and chew gum. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't get better. Now, listen, you, you, you occasionally have that person that comes to the tee that you look at them walking across the tee towards you and the bag's on backwards, the clubs are falling out, just stumbling and bumbling. <laughs> and, you, and you know it's going to be a long hour. You know it's right. going to be a really long hour. But if somebody comes to you and they're somewhat athletic and they're, they're somewhat physically fit, somewhat, and, and they really have desire, I don't see any reason why they can't get radically better. Uh, I, I mean – most people come to you with absolutely zero game plan. Mm-hmm. So really what the, what the six spoke was back when I wrote it in, in, in the 90s, it, it, it wasn't so much a how to do it book. It was a how to plan to do it book. You know, do you have a game plan? And all I tried to lay out was like, these are some of the errors you have to touch. Uh, and you have to touch them across the board, have a complete package and a plan that makes sense uh, so you can touch all the bases and really, and really address getting better. Um, the people that I teach that that jump in and, and drink the Kool Aid and do have a game plan that touches those six bases, guess what? They get better. Mm-hmm. They get and yeah. they get a lot better. You know, I, I, I've had a I had a guy two years ago. He's with me still. He came to me two years ago. Really good athlete, a former baseball player. I'm not going to mention any names, but a really good athlete. And, and and I mean, you would know who this person is, and. And um, I just started playing the game, was very frustrated by the game um, and, and was probably shooting, you know, about 105 and it was driving him absolutely out of his mind because his buddies were pretty good players. Uh, and, and I just said, listen, we got we got to sit down and develop a plan here. We sat down, we made him understand a few things. And being a good athlete, he was in good physical shape and he, and he knew how to train and, 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 he, and he was competitive. And he said, all this stuff makes sense to me. And we kind of went to work on this plan. And lo and behold, this past winter, he... Well, he's, he, let's say he started out as a 20 handicap, say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he's a six now in two years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So that's that's pretty good, 20 to six. 14 shots in two seasons is pretty good. Yeah. And listen, he had all the athletic tools, though. He had all the athletic tools. He had all the competitive abilities. He didn't have a plan. And all I did was compare how he trained in his baseball career, both offensively and defensively, to do things mechanically soundly and he did drills in that area. I compared those to his golf situations, and he understood that, and he went to work, and he became very systematic, um, and, and he got a lot better. He got a lot better. Now, and that's a good athlete. Now, I've also had, I've also had you know, Joe Average come to me who, who said, oh, listen, I really want to do this. I've been playing golf the same way for 30 years. I've been a 17 handicap for 30 years. And, he, and he's, you know, he's, he's not a great athlete, but he's a decent athlete. 
and do the same thing with that guy and have him go from, for example, from 17 to 10 or 12, and he is, he's thrilled. He's yeah. thrilled, you know? So I, I don't think many people address the game in that manner. They don't really, they go to the range, they beat balls, they hit a few putts on the green, they go to the first tee, and they think they're going to get better. Well, they're not going to get better because they really don't have a plan to get better. Mm-hmm. So, Cal, we could just hope for you, Cal. There's Cal, hope there's for you, hope Cal. For you, <laughs> hey, so there, I knew there'd be a silver lining come out of this. Other, other than, other than this ten dollar bottle of bourbon that I'm drinking, that is absolutely fantastic. Wow. I, I know. I, I could have picked a hundred dollar bottle off the shelf. I didn't. I went with this one because it is. Uh, well, it's, honestly, it's, honestly, Cal, you want to give this, this bottle a plug, don't you? Uh, well, we, I mean, we could. It is J.W. Dant. Uh, it's a bottle and bond. It's uh, made out of Bardstown, Kentucky, and it is a fantastic bottle of liquor. So I'm telling you, if you can find J.W. Dan on your shelf, bottle and bond, and you like bourbon, uh, it drinks as good as any $30, $40 bottle of bourbon that you're going to buy. And uh, the only reason I have one is because that's all they had on the shelf. Wow. That's now, cool. Now, now Dan, is, is, that, is that a plug? Is, does he have... Do you have any skin in that game? No, there's that no skin is- in that game. He's actually just being serious. Yeah, no. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh and he's of course he's going to with you on the show. He knew you he knew you were going to be a great personality and of course he has to get a WWE Dan out there and Dan doesn't have a bottle of it and you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. Uh, Uh-oh. Hey, so so Tom, so you Yeah, we you still got us. You got you got you. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. So uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, but again, you know, just in, in your Instagram and where you are, and, and I, I, I didn't go back to look, I'll be honest, to see, you know, when did you pick up Instagram? When did you pick up the, you know, the social media, uh, the distance learning? Because a lot of people, a lot of people are just now doing it, right? As of March, they're like, oh, shit, I've got to get on Instagram. I've got to start <laughs> doing stuff virtually. Oh, my God, I don't know. What am I going to do? And but it doesn't look like you were that guy. It looks like you adopted like early on, and you've been using technology to help you teach. Is is that? So I'll, I'll tell you a great story actually about this, Cal. Back in the '90s, I taught a guy who's still a good friend of mine, who's an IT guy, owns a pretty substantial IT company, and he said to me, "You got to have a website." And in the middle '90s. I, I didn't even know what a website was. You know, I, I mean, nobody. You know, it wasn't something. Golf pros didn't. Yeah, my internet made a lot of noises when I uh, when I and it, and it wasn't the noises you're thinking about. It was <laughs> right. Golf pros didn't have websites because you got to have a website. So he built this website for me, and we bartered it for some lessons. And it was a by today's standards, it was a very crude website, and it kind of sat out there for like 15 years. And it was kind of a couple of pages and no big deal. So about seven or eight years ago, nine years ago, maybe. I got a guy I teach in Naples, Richard Smith. I'll give him a big plug. He's an outgoing marketing director for Campbell Soups. And he sure. came to me for a lesson one day and he said to me, that you have the worst website in America. <laughs> you have absolutely the worst website in America. He goes, we're going to update your website. You've got to be on social media. You've got to be this. You've got to be that. I'm like, Richard, I, 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 you know, I, I don't, not only do I not know anything about that, but I don't have any time for that. He was just, you know, he goes, I've got a woman in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, because Campbell's Soup is based in Camden, New Jersey, which is close to Philly. I'm going to introduce you to her this summer. She's going to show you what to do, and she's going to blow you up and, and make you visible. I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I can't afford that. I mean, I, you know, I can't, you know. Long story short, he takes me up to Philly the following summer. She's a, she's a wonderful lady, Candy Rob. She has her own social media and, and IT company. 
she sits me down and she goes, listen, you do have the worst website in America. <laughs> we're we're going to blow this thing up. We're going to build you a newsletter. We're going to put you on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I'm going to show you how to post things. We're going to help you with this. We're going to develop a newsletter, blah, 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 blah. Now, in the meantime, the one thing I had done that was smart is my entire career, every time I met, talked, or touched anybody, I always asked them for a business card. And I always had a Rolodex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started putting a Rolodex, you know, like we all do in the phone. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know what a Rolodex is, it's a, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a little uh, like a one and a half by two inch business card. It's paper. And you put it in this, uh, the, in, in like a, a, a wheel, essentially. And you spin it around until you get to the name you want. <laughs> well, I started putting it in my phone, right? So I, I got to the point where I had, right now I have, um, let me tell you right now, be accurate. I have... Um, 17,000 contacts in my phone. Wow. Okay. So she took those contacts and she loaded them. Okay. And we built this network, if you would, and we started doing posts and all of a sudden the thing went boom Mm. like that. Yeah. And I said, Oh, this might mean something. And all of a sudden the phone started ringing from people that I, you know, I shouldn't say the phone started ringing. There's more text messages and emails. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, how did this guy find me? I, I, I didn't get it. I, I literally it didn't. I didn't connect the dots because I'm not really that, that freaking smart. So it, it took a while. <laughs> so she basically, um, she basically taught me how to use social media, and she nice. taught me that in, in about a year's time. And I started kind of running with it. And then the Instagram Live thing that you're talking about, yep. Cal, that was simply. You know, I'll tell you exactly what that was. That was actually absolute boredom during COVID. <laughs> so when COVID first started, I was like sitting around with my hand on my ass, not knowing what to do. Um, Cause I shut it down in Naples cause yep. it was, it was not a good situation. And I'm sitting at home one day and I, I'm playing with, it. I'm seeing people do some of these, you know, Instagram live things that are kind of cool. I said, what if I got consistent? And I did it on Thursday nights at eight o'clock and I went to my Rolodex and I'm saying, look at my Rolodex. I've got 150 people in here who are pretty well known that are friends of mine. You know, Jimmy Roberts from NBC Sports, Damon Hawk Hack from the Golf Channel, Bob Ford from Seminole, Doug Barron on the Champions Tour, Freddie Couples is a good friend, Paul Easing. I mean, you know, you know, those are kind of guys. And then some physical therapists and some some different teachers. I said, what if I just have, have those, those people as my guests? And that's how it started. That's exactly how it started. It started during COVID, the Instagram live show. And, and then, you know, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. You know, and now, 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 now I'm a guest on Birdies and Bourbon. There you, you go. I mean, there you go. I mean, how, how good can it get? It doesn't get any better. It than does that. not. <laughs> you know? Tell him. Seriously, right? I, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, it's bad to look at this whole you know event and exercise that's going on and say there's something positive that came out of it. But uh, I mean, it's you know, make your own luck, right? And I mean, that's oh, I mean, kind of. I mean, think about this. I'm sitting in, in Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. You're in Atlanta. Dan's in Charlotte, Char- Char- right? Raleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh. Sorry. sorry, I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Raleigh. <laughs> I mean, we don't know each other from a hill of beans. We came together tonight and are talking to X number of people that are watching because of social media. Would it ever yeah. have happened? Any, would, would it ever happen any other way? There's no way it would have happened, right? Mm-hmm. So, not, not that I know of. If Dan would have right. called you, you'd have definitely denied it. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, that's not true. That's don't, not don't true. It's not true. So, so I mean, it's a, it's an amazing medium. It's an amazing medium where you can get the people and have a little bit of fun and entertain some people and 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 by the way, and educate some people in a really positive way and tell some stories that you know 
you know, who knows? I mean, I had a guy on a couple, you know, guys, you know, Dr. Bob Jones? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Dr. Bob Jones? Yeah, so Dr. Jones is a good friend of mine. He, Bobby Jones' grandson, he's, he's right. in Atlanta. He's in yeah. Atlanta. Cal, you got to have him on. He's, he's an, an incredible human being with some unbelievable stories. I, I called him up and said, Bob, would you be on the show? Sure, Tom, no problem. <laughs> I mean, how does that happen, right? I mean, you know, just, you know, I yeah. met him. I know, I know him personally now, but I originally met him through Facebook. Oh, cool. That's wow. how I met him. I saw him make a post. I sent him a private message. I said, Bob Jones, as in Bobby Jones? That's what I said to him. <laughs> I mean, that just like I said, are you talking about the Bob <laughs> Jones? Right? Right. That, that's the first text. And by the way, what does he do? He answers me. And now we're in a chat. Yeah. And next, next thing you know, we're meeting the following April. We're meeting at the Masters. And uh, at, at, you know, we met under the oak tree one day at the Masters. And we, 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 we bullshitted for about an hour and a half. I fell in love with the guy. The guy's a phenomenal human being. And there's a friendship started. I mean, how, how does that happen? That's Facebook? awesome. Seriously? Just, that's just awesome. like this. That's right? awesome. It's crazy. Like it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, it happens when you get to Key West and we're, uh, they, yeah, anyway. Uh, anyway that's what it leads to. So hold on. So you mentioned quite a few names on there uh, in, in the prelude. And you got to have a shitload of stories, man. So, so let's, uh, <laughs> let, let's let people get to know. Tom Patry, break us out some stories. Okay, so, well, let's let's use Fred Couples. How's that? That's a pretty that's a pretty good household name. So, Smooth Freddy. So we're playing in the 1980. Let me get this right. 1980 Fall Preview Classic for the NCAA at Ohio State. I'm Tom Patry. That means absolutely nothing in 1980. It doesn't mean anything now. And Freddie Couples is playing for the University of Houston, and that means nothing in 1980. Other than he's a college player from Houston. And he's playing in the group in front of me. I'm playing with Blaine McAllister. You know that name? Yeah. Freddie Houston. I'm paired with Blaine. And one of my teammates is paired with Freddie. And we were teeing off on 10 during the first round of the uh, four preview at Ohio State. So I don't pay attention on 10. They play. We get to 11. T. There's a backup. 11 at the Scarlet Course at Ohio State goes up this hill and goes to the left. Severe dogleg uphill, that 440-yard par 4 uphill. And there's a big tree on the corner that during the practice rounds, you can't hit anywhere over the street. You have to up the fairway, play it straight, and then play it up the hill. And it's probably like a – back then, you know, I could hit it a lot longer than I could hit it now. But back then, it was probably a driver four-iron hole up mm-hmm. this hill. It was, it was a bitch. It was a hard golf hole. So we got backed up on 11C. I'm sitting there, and, and, and they're up. And I look up. Just, I just kind of glance up to my left, and Freddie's on the tee, and I don't know who he is. And I'm looking at his shoulder line, and he's aimed – 30 yards left <laughs> at, this tr- at this tree. And I'm like, I- my first thought really was, what is this clown doing? And I'm looking and he makes a swing and this freaking thing takes off and it clears this tree by 40 yards. I mean, like it's not even freaking close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So we, we, they play 11, we play 11, we get the 12 tee. There's another backup. So I walk over to my team and I go, Jackie, I go, what did that dude have into that green? He goes, Tom, he was right in front of the front bunker. He flipped it over the bunker on the green. Wow. I'm back there getting freaking foreign into this green. <laughs> <laughs> so we get done with the round, and I go to practice at the range after the round. And I put some balls down. I look up, and right next to me is this guy that was, this guy is on 11. And we start kind of bullshitting. And, and, and by the way, he's the same human being to Today he was then. That's what's so great about him. He's yeah. he's Fred. You know he's Fred. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I got a trivia question for you guys. Oh no! Who's the only player 
in NCAA history to play in four NCAAs in two years. Tom Patry. How is that possible, though, Cal? Uh, you took advice from Freddie Couples. <laughs> so back in those days, if you finished, I was a Division II player. If you finished in the top three in Division II, you got to play in a Division One tournament. Oh, mm. shit. Okay. okay. So I finished second and first and then played in two NCAAs. Hey, so, once again, 50-50. That ain't bad. Yeah, pretty good, right? <laughs> so the following, the following spring, the, uh, the next year, I, I finished second my junior year at Division II, and I get to go to Division One. It's at Ohio State. And now we've, we've met, we know each other, and we're kind of bullshitting. And that was the first time I went as an individual. And that was the first time Houston ever missed the cut, the 54-hole team cut. Mm. And Freddie made the individual cut. And Dave Williams, the coach of Houston, is pissed off. <laughs> like, pissed off. <laughs> and I missed the 50-hole cut by a shot. So I'm on a payphone. You know, remember the Rolodex you just talked about, Cal? Oh, oh yeah. No, now you're <laughs> dropping quarters in. Or maybe dimes. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm trying to get a flight out. And he walks by me in the hallway of the clubhouse. He says, what are you doing? I said, I missed the cut by a shot. I'm going to get out of here. He goes, and he hangs the phone up on me. Oh, and he wow. says, "Come on, we're going out to Muirfield Village to get away from Dave this afternoon to play golf. We got, Holy we got permission. Shit. We, mm. we got permission from Mr. Nicholas. Why don't you come with us and stay mm. over tonight and stay in our room?" I said, "That sounds good. I'll do that." <laughs> so we go out there and we play a sixum at Muirfield. Blaine McAllister, Freddie, Terry Snodgrass, and trying to think who else was on that team. John Horn, who's the fifth player? Maybe Eric Evans. I'm, I can't remember. And, my, and myself. And that's how the whole thing started. Wow. Right? Um, and we've been friends ever since. But the guy hit it so far and was so much more talented than than the rest of us, you know, really. Uh, and, you know, grip looked like this and it kind of crossed the line at the top and it was kind of funky and it went high, far, and straight a whole lot and it was pretty fun to watch. It's amazing. So that's my that's my that's my Fred story at the beginning there. Well, that's a damn good story. Uh, we 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 won't belabor you with more stories uh, tonight, but okay. we but we will in the future. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, yeah, that, that's an awesome story. But I, you know, I mean, just to put it in perspective, you know, and, and you were talking about, you know, how do we, you know, how do we wind up where we are? How'd you meet Dr. Bob Jones? Uh, but, you know, j- just to, to be in that situation, I mean, you were in a situation, you put yourself, you, you worked hard, you put yourself in a where you got lucky. Right. I mean, it, it's, there's a little bit of luck involved everywhere you go. And, uh, and now you wind up becoming friends with, uh, with Freddie Couples just over. Nothing. I mean, I mean, yeah, right. It, 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 organically, it happens, right? If you yeah. just put yourself in a position. So, you know, I was really lucky, though, Cal. So I played in an era in 80 and 81, my, two, my junior and senior year. I mean, if you look at those two years, Davis, Freddie, Zinger, Sloman, Dan Forsman, Corey Pavin, Mark Kalkavecchia, Kenny Green. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was a pretty loaded time. Um, yeah. When, when there were a lot of good players at the same time, you know, Willie Wood, Bob Tway, all the same two-year period. So I was really blessed because my coach at Florida Southern, although we were a Division II program, he played a completely Division I schedule until Nationals. That was kind of his game plan. Play against the best, go to Division II, and it looked like a, you know, it looked like a cakewalk because you were so confident because the guys yeah. you were playing against were always the best. Um, so we got exposed to everybody which I was really lucky, and that really helped me a lot, um, helped all of us a lot. Um, so th- those, are my, those are my friends, you know, in, in those years. And, uh, and uh, it, it, it's, it, you know, when I stopped playing and even started teaching, it served me well because I was really fortunate. A lot of those guys and their coaches, who were obviously named people too, 
opened a lot of doors for me. And they were very, kind, they were very, very, very kind to me. Um, whether it be Chuck Cook or David Ledbetter or Jimmy McLean or, you know, and the list goes on and on. Uh, Mike Hebron, um, so many guys that are talented teachers today and still well-known, really, really good to me. And I got the job at Westchester and, and then the Buick Classic was there. So I got a lot of really, <laughs> really good breaks Mm-hmm. Um, uh, back to back to back. So it, it was pretty, I was pretty lucky. Yeah. Hey Tom, so you were mentioned in terms of like embracing technology. You talked about your website and Instagram or whatnot. And then, you know, through the years we've seen technology become, you know, more of a role in terms of, you know, calculations and analytics and everything else with the track man all that kind of stuff and you're teaching a lot of young players you work with them a lot throughout their entire kind of career or whatnot a lot of guys trying to hit the ball longer you see bryson out there with his ball speed and i don't know if you saw the the charity match i did last week but it was like every single drive he was hitting they were oohing and all and this is like home max homa and i think kevin Nall was out there with him they were all oohing and on about the how far he's hitting it or whatnot are you seeing a lot of you know younger kids or some of your students coming to you saying hey i want to hit the ball longer and you know how do you how do you um what do you feel about in terms of like the new technology in terms of track man that kind of thing and then also the some of these newer trends of like i gotta hit the ball so far you know what, what are some of your thoughts on some of those that's, a, that's actually a great question dan um so so i've always been uh no, i shouldn't say always but for the longest time uh since the early 90s i've been a video guy okay. uh, and i've always been a, a v1 video guy v1 as a company has been really really good to me uh, and I've always embraced the video technology. And I was always resistant um, to the TrackMan launch monitor type, type stuff because I thought it was, in one respect, overkill. So two years ago, uh, a TrackMan rep who had become very friendly with in Indiana um, sat me down and said, listen, if for no other reason, for no other reason, from a marketing standpoint, you're getting left behind. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, from a business standpoint, you're getting left behind. You need, you need to look at this. Mm-hmm. So I was always very, very skeptical and careful and scared to some degree about overloading my students, irregardless of whether they were club players, certainly if they were club players because they couldn't handle it. But even my better players, my college players, my advanced juniors, I didn't want to put, ever put too much on the plate. You know, I didn't want them to get bound up by numbers. Mm-hmm. So he convinced me, Kyle convinced me to actually buy a track man. So I, I got to tell you, when I came home with that, $30,000 track man. My wife was not really pleased with me. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't one of my more ha- my ha- our happiest nights in marriage. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Two years later, I'm glad I bought it. I use it very carefully. I use it very sparingly. I use it when necessary. I use it in concert with video. Um, I'm very, very guarded the way I use it. I'm glad I have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I want to I just respond to one thing you said. This past week in Chicago, what place did Bryson finish? It wasn't that good. Uh, like T48 okay. or something. I think and, and, and Cal, what place did he finish the week before? Uh, I think he missed the cut, I believe. Okay, good. So, so, so much for that. So, <laughs> so I'm, really, I'm really happy that Bryson's sitting it really far. That's really good. And I think he's a very bright guy. I think he's also, I think he's also borderline criminally insane. So... <laughs> So I, I think you got to be really careful with those kind of experiments. And I'm going to say one thing to you. And I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble. I might as well get in trouble on your on your podcast, right? Hey, <laughs> hey, just bl- hey, you don't have to blame Tom. Blame us. Right. Just blame right. us. So, so I, I'm going to bet anybody who wants to bet me that within the next 24 months, months, 
because of something that Bryson has done to his body, we're going to see him on an operating table. Oh, man. Okay? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know how you gain. I want somebody to explain to me how you physically gained 50 pounds of mass in the time period in which he gained it um, without doing something unusual. And I'm just going to leave it at that, something unusual. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We've watched, we've watched baseball players do this. We've watched football players do this. We watched another player who we will not name, who was one of the greatest players that ever walked the face of the <laughs> earth, do this. If you don't think that something unusual went on there, then then you're an absolute moron. Okay? Yeah. And and when you do those things to your body, okay, and you, and you use those protocols in your body, and you hit that many golf balls at that higher rate of speed for a prolonged period of time, something's going to go pop. Mm-hmm. So I would be shocked, shocked. And then, by the way. I've been wrong plenty of times before. I could be wrong now too, but I'll, I'll, I'll take all the wages you want to guys want to make that within 24 months, if he continues down the, if, if he continues down the road, he's continuing on right now that we're going to hear about a, a pretty serious injury. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, respectfully, I mean, that's, uh, you know, we, we've had that conversation a few times with some other folks on here and, and it's uh, that that's, kind of my perspective as well is you can't make those drastic body changes, you know, I mean, it's like, it's funny to go back and look at, you know, some people 10 years ago and look at them now. I mean, we could look at ourselves 10 years ago and now, and we've changed, but we, but to your point, we haven't changed in a course of, you know, 16 months, right? I mean, it's been, it's been years and age that's done it, not, uh, not, not kind of forced, right? I mean, sometimes in the morning, I may be a little red or sweat a little more, but that's because <laughs> that's, that's, that's with that glass, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah. And, and, that, and that's just, uh, you know, a few hours. Right. So, now, just, Bryson, Bryson's not using the same protocol you're using. That's, that, that, that's true. And I, and I never stop at six. Okay. <laughs> why, why would I? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Well, hey, Tom, yeah. we're just glad you didn't get hooked on those milkshakes when you went to Muirfield back in 1985. <laughs> what, well, if I stand up right now, you'll see I am hooked on milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. No, um, actually, we're in the same camp as you with regards to the Bryson comments, you know, and it's interesting we see now and you you mentioned, you know, look at guys, what they go through. Uh, Look at look at something like a tiger, you know, back in, you know, the early 2000s. He was he was bulkier, you know, or whatnot. He was pushing the envelope. And now now he's 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 swimming a ton. He's playing a ton of tennis. He's 175 pounds. Look, Gary Woodland, he lost 20 pounds. I mean, you can only keep that stuff on for so long before something goes wrong. Yeah, I, I just I just think the thing that's different now. Dan, than when I played was these guys are swinging the golf club at a much higher rate of speed. We're getting much better athletes coming to the game than mm-hmm. when I was in the game. Uh, we're getting bigger and stronger. We're getting the guy who could be the high school quarterback coming to the game. We're getting the guy who could be the point guard coming to the game. We're getting the guy who could be the, you know, the off speed or a fastball pitcher coming to the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have those guys at my time. So now we're getting these great athletes that are physically strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're getting stronger and swinging the club faster and they're hitting thousands of golf balls a week. Well, the lower body and the back is not designed to do that. Right. It's not designed to take that. And then when you start putting more mass on that body and more mass on that frame and you do the same things, something something's going to give. Something's so, able to Go ahead, I'm so, sorry. So is, is that tough? Like, I mean, in where you are and, and, you know, with your coaching and for, you know, and we do have other coaches that listen. Um, but is, is that a challenge with, uh, you know, when I'm coming to you? So what if I do come in, come to you with a game plan and I, I don't shoot from the hip all the time. 
I mean, maybe 90%, but there's that 10%. I can come to you with a plan and like, hey, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm passionate about. I mean, are you ever like, that's probably not the best plan for you and we need to sit down and think about this and go a different direction? I, or maybe it depends on what level that, you know, I'm, I'm at and where we are. So, so Cal, if, you, if you're one of my, here's where I get, here's where I lose clients. Here's where I lose clients. If you're a junior player or a college player and you come to me with that type of plan, we'll just call it, for not, for not, no other reason. We'll go to the Shambo plan. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you, and you come to me with you come to me with that in your head. I'm not. I'm not your guy. I'm not yeah. your guy because I'm. I'm very concerned about two things. And here's what's a little different about me with my kids. This is the order in which I, I care about my kids, and I'm developing them. They have to be educated. I mean, they have to go to school. They have to go to the right school, and they have to go to a good school. They have to be, and act a certain way to people around them. Okay, and then they have to be a good player. Okay. And that's the order we go in. And, and if you're a smart ass or you're a dumb ass or you want to be a smart ass or a dumb ass, I'm not your ass. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so you, 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 you can go, you can go somewhere else. So I've, I've lost and I've turned away some really talented people yeah. because, because I didn't want to do some of the things they wanted to do or they didn't want to behave in a manner that was appropriate. So I, I just, I, at 61, I don't need any horse shit. I don't need the, I don't need the over the top helicopter parent. Yep. I don't need the kid who's a smart ass. I, it, it wasn't a fit for you, and you weren't going to benefit, and they weren't going to benefit. So what's the why move forward? It's not going to work. So uh, I pass. I pass on that kid. Now I got yeah. this. Kid, this kid, Jack the Whack, right now is a superstar kid. He's a superstar human being. He's a superstar student, and he's becoming. A, he's becoming. He's becoming a good player. So he, it's a good fit, you know. And he's got great parents, and they're grounded. They're not over the top, and they're not. They're not unrealistic about where, where this is going or how fast it's got to get there. So it works. Um, there's not many kids like that. There's not that many like that out there right now. So I, I pass a lot now. I pass yeah. a lot. Yeah, we'll look. We'll look forward to seeing him progress for sure. Yeah, it's uh, good. Good progress you've made. Uh, he's made, and then that you guys have made together. Yeah, it looks great, like great kids social too. media. So and absolutely killing it. Just bombing it. Just you know, I mean. He looks a little bit, you know, <laughs> I said this to him this week and he kind of laughed at me, but the film bore it out. He looks a little bit like Fino in the backswing. He's a little oh. short and quick in the backswing. He kind of kind of puts it right there on plane a little bit three quarters. Yeah. He just rips it. Um, it's kind of fun. Kind of fun. He's, he's probably got the Fino videos pulled up and watching oh, yeah. them. <laughs> he's, he's tuned in now. Yeah, he's definitely tuned in. Well, what is your, uh, what is your drink of choice, Tom? Oh, let, let me let, hold Tom before you answer. I'm going to ask a question and then and then ask Dan's because we do like to get this uh, from everybody. Are you a VNT guy or a GNT guy? I don't understand what that means. Help me. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you a vodka and tonic guy or a gin and tonic guy? I'm neither. Okay. Okay. That that is not a bad answer. Okay. So so here, here's the deal. I'll I'll be really honest with you guys. Yep. So. I might go the whole winter in Naples and and maybe have a couple of drinks the whole winter. Mm-hmm. But but if you take me to Key West, I, I look like I look like Cal. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, it's like spring break, eh? Yeah, so it, it doesn't matter. I can go down there for two days or I can go down there for two weeks. But as soon as I get to the water and get to Key West, the whole deal changes. So to answer your question, Dan, mm-hmm. Um, um, I drink uh, usually Canadian Club, okay, uh, or or I drink uh, or I drink wine, okay. But usually my my, my alcohol choice is Canadian Club and Seven Up. There you go. 
And I, I only like to have, when I'm in Key West, I only like to have seven or eight of those at a time. <laughs> and, and then I like to take a nap. There you go. You know? good, there you it's go. a good number. It's a good number. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I don't know why Key West does that to me. And I, and I, and I love doing it there. But It I, does I, it to I, everybody. But I don't, I don't, I, w- I wouldn't do it in Naples. I could go to a restaurant in Naples and sit down with Denise to have dinner and, and not have a drink and not think about having a drink. But if I go to Key West and sit down, I'm definitely one of the It's like, it's like, it's like Sybil, man. It's like these two personalities that are like, you know, it's scary. It's scary. It's like, so. It's like Syl- Sylvester Stallone and over the top when it, when the oh, hat turns around, the, the switch exactly. is on. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. the Hemingway so, factor. It's what it is. It is the Hemingway that factor. factor. Yeah, that's possible. Maybe it goes to, it goes to Ernest. That could be, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, Tom, I don't have any. I've got a lot to close out with, but we've kept you on for quite some time, so I don't want to keep you any longer than uh, you want to stay on. Uh, I, I typically ruin my welcome well before now. So, uh, <laughs> no, you're not. No, it's just fun, guys. I'm happy to be on. You guys are great. Wow, Dan, what a great time talking with Tom Patry. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we usually try to take people down rabbit holes. He took us down a few this time, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I'll say I'm looking forward to getting to Key West. But uh, I don't know. He was kind of talking like he's a madman down there. I, I, I was trying to act tough on the show, but I don't know if I can keep up. I don't know if you can keep up either, <laughs> but you know what? I can spectate for sure. I am certainly looking forward to getting down to Key West and having the Hemingway factor kick in for both of you guys. Yeah, we, we didn't <laughs> ask, but I hope he's a right-hander because I definitely want to get some short game lessons from him while I'm there. And maybe uh, maybe I'll give him a lesson or two uh, when it comes to sampling bourbon. We got to get him away from that Canadian club. Not that there's anything wrong with Canadian whiskey, but, uh, but there's probably some better stuff on the shelf. He may not have to water it down with 7-Up. Uh, we are certainly going to prepare for when we get down to Key West with Tom. We certainly can do some um, some nice flights for him and expose him to some things that are just going to make him. I don't know if we'll get him away from the club, but he'll certainly think twice about, hey, maybe I ought to go this route or this route here. But we'll put together some flights for him on how we can uh, expand his palate. And uh, and he can certainly do the same for us with the golf game. Yeah, maybe he can expand your golf swing. Oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, I want to retract that score is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Anyway, great time chatting with Tom. Uh, you know, I think he enjoyed himself and uh, he alluded to uh, potentially coming back on the show. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to having him back on. Now that we know what we're getting with Tom Patry, uh, I will definitely be lubed up for the next one. <laughs> there we go. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.